Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Don't wait for the worship to start, to start praising him. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we just thank you, Father God, because you said if two or more are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of us. And Father, that is your word, O oh God. So therefore, Lord Father, we thank you because of your presence, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for your presence. Father, your presence is here in this place, Lord. We thank you and we welcome your Holy Spirit. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we just thank you and we praise you, hallelujah. We're going to praise you. We're going to glorify your holy name. Father, welcome the Lord. Welcome Come in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Father. We praise you. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Father. We thank you because, Lord, Father, you forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if there's anything in our hearts right now, Father God, that's not right before you, Lord, that would hinder our praise and worship right now in the name of Jesus, we ask forgiveness. Father, in the name of anything we may have said or done in the name of Jesus right now. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we declare, Father God, we are want to walk right before you, Lord, that your steps are, our steps are ordered by you. Father, we just thank you and we praise you right now. We just glorify you, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Father God. Help us, Father God, to walk right before you right now in the name of Jesus. Help us to walk right before you. We want to serve you, Lord, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, because you go before us, you stand behind us, you walk alongside us, Lord. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, we serve a mighty God. Oh, nothing's impossible with you, Lord. All things are possible for those who believe right now in the name of Jesus. Your promises are yes and amen, Lord. Father, we serve a covenant, God. Lord, we declare, Father God, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, oh God. Oh, We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. For you are, Father, for you have, Father, given us the atonement of our sins, oh God, through your son. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son. We thank you, Jesus, who you are seated at. But death has been defeated, oh God. Oh, the grave is empty. The grave is empty, oh God. Father, that we take off the grave clothes right now. Oh God, we declare resurrection power in the name of Jesus. Resurrection power. You're going to restore. You're going to resurrect in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus right now. Resurrection power right now. Power to heal. Power to restore in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. For we are orasa. We crucify the flesh right now, oh God. Father, we are crucifying the flesh, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, let our soul praise you. Let our whole Father, we are so magnified in the holy name, oh God. Father, we are praising. Praise him right now in the name of Jesus. Don't wait for the worship team. Don't wait for the worship team. Let the glory of the Lord, oh Father, the King of God, the King of all kings, oh God, enter into, oh God, into that we enter into his presence right now. Father, we just thank you and we glorify you. Hallelujah. Oh, Rabasa, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon of sickness. No weapon, Father, in the name of Jesus right now. No weapon is going to prosper. Everything that tries to rise up against us will fall because that is, Father, the benefits, oh God, of the children of God right now. 
Father, you are our Father. We are your sons and daughters right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, you have given us the authority, Father God. Father, to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Father, nothing by the enemy because our names are in your book, oh God. Our name has been in our book, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, all of heaven backs us up, oh God. Father, we speak with authority. We speak with boldness, oh God. Father, we're going to praise you with hands lifted up, oh God. We're going to praise you, Father, where we're at our feet, oh God. We're going to praise you with our mouth, oh Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, even in the trials, oh God, even Shadrach, Mishak, and Abednego, they praised you, oh God, in the midst of their fire, and they came, and there was a fourth man in there, oh God, and that was you, Lord. You are in the midst of our trials, oh God. You are in the midst of our trials, oh God, and we will come out not smelling with smoke, when we go through the deep water, we will not drown, oh God, because you are there, oh God. You are there in the midst of our trials. You restore, you heal, oh God. Oh Rabasa, you build us up, oh God. You strengthen our walk, oh God. You strengthen our faith, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, these trials are just for a moment, oh God. But your glory is forever. Your glory is forever. Your glory is forever, oh God. Oh Rabasa, there is healing in the praise of your people. There is restoration in the praises of your people. Worship him in spirit and truth, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Praise him right now. Praise him. Praise him. Don't wait for the worship team. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Don't we love the Lord in this place this morning? We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We come before you today just with thanksgiving. The Bible says to enter his courts with thanksgiving and to come into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. How many have something in their hand today to give to the Lord? Hallelujah, God. I'm going to read today from Luke 8. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Um, actually, I think it's Luke 7, if I'm not mistaken. Praise God. It says in verse 37 of Luke chapter 7, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Hallelujah, God. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. We praise you, God. And, and, and we pray, Lord, today that we would have the heart of this woman, that no matter who is watching, God, that no matter what is going on around us, that we would come to you, Lord, when we know that you're there, that we would answer your call, God, hallelujah, and that we would worship you, Lord, hallelujah. This woman did not 
care who was around her. And why did she not care who was around her? Because it was him. It was the master. It was the savior. Hallelujah. We shouldn't be worried when we're in worship who is to the right or to the left or what's going on around us. Why? Because that's how amazing he is. That's how wonderful he is. And this is the house of the Lord. This is our home. This is where we ought to feel like not only can we worship, not only can we praise, but this is the place to praise. Amen? Amen. This is the place to pour out our oil and not just whatever, not just something unplanned. We, should, we ought to come into the house of the Lord minded in the way of I have my offering to bring to the Lord today. I'm going to sing to him. I'm going to dance. I'm going to clap. And no one is going to sing louder than me. And no one is going to clap louder than me. Because he, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is worthy of all my praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. Come on, let's fill this house with his praises. Lord, we pray, God. Hallelujah. We welcome you in this place, God. Hallelujah. You are the guest of honor. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't care, Lord, who is to the right or to the left. Hallelujah. We're so excited to praise you today, God.
So we do this for our community, we do this for ourselves, but we also do it in honor of God as faithful stewards. As stewards, we joyfully worship God each Sunday and throughout the week. This is not about Sunday. We just, we just, we just sang a song. What happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we go through the week? Because it's easy to come here. You see, you could come to you could come to church Sunday, but after the religious event for more people. And then we walk out there like, oh yeah, I gave my two cents. No. Are you walking? Amen. In what you profess. Well, some of you are Christian, but your life is not a reflection. Now about being perfect. Guys, if you're a Christian, if that's not coming out of you, the fruit of the spirit, if that's not coming out of you, then 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 that that statement of Christian ego is way out the window. And I'm not going to go into preaching because I know they're into it. Okay, um, so as stewards, we joyfully worship God each Sunday as well as the week, but by giving back to Him what we have earned so that the church can do meaning, the remaining work. Because listen, put everything here. This costs everything. I've been, this, this month is my 20th anniversary in this church. I know what it took to get here. I came from a burning church. A church that burned, well, when we got there, you know, it was still there, but uh, it, it burned. Listen, you can burn the church, but you can't burn the people. Yes, we had martyrs, we had all that. You can shut the messenger, but you can't shut the message. So, if we could just rise with your offering, now the time we all decide, and I'm not going to preach anything about time and everything. But we understand the principle of tithing. That's you and God. Look, God, but basically, what is owed to God. So we know that. If you don't understand that, listen. The Bible's there. You know, and I'm saying this out of love. But you can talk to talk, people. And believe me, I am not perfect. I know me. I go to my stuff. So, but I also come from the heart. So. Let's raise our offering. This is you and your tithe, of course. If you're a tither, you know, because you're a member, you're okay? We don't expect you are, um, you know, if you're a visitor, we don't expect that. That's, you know, that's something else. But let's continue in worshiping God as faithful service through the giving of our tithe offering today. So we pray. And for those of you online, I just want to say good morning for all you online. And if you're going to give your tithe offering, you can go to our website, which is www.calvaryny.org. Again, that is www.calvaryny.org. You can go to the website. We have a little section there where it says donate, and you can donate to PayPal. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good things, and your word makes it clear that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask that you accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May these gifts bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, hope to the hopeless. And just as you multiply, the offering of the fisher knows that you were really able to get on it. We pray that you will multiply these things that we present to you, Lord. These loving offerings in our times, Father God. And to accomplish with them more than we could ever imagine or ask. We freely give, not from compulsion, right? That's scripture. For there is nothing we could give that matches your glory and majesty. And the great gift of your Son and the Holy Spirit which you guide us daily. 
All we have is yours. All we have is yours. Father, we ask that you will use us in all we have that you will. Amen. As decided by the direction of the ushers, uh, you can present your offering by the direction. Thank you. Hallelujah. We thought we would sing that part that we left out of the earlier session singing. Um, so if you guys want to join in with us, we can sing. Only one God, only one God, only one faith, only one faith, truth, only one truth, only one truth. It's Jesus, only one God, only one God, only one faith, only one faith. Only one truth, only one truth. It's Jesus. Only one God, only one God. Only one faith, only one faith. Only one truth, only one truth.
siete palabras? Yes. We're going to have it that night, okay? Hallelujah. So pray for us. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So I want to tell you that there is so much stuff in here. And I just read, I would say, you're like, you're like an archaeologist. You go digging in so many different places. Yes. But then there's so much information that I'm like, okay, God, what am I going to do with the information? So I have two sets of notes because I didn't know where God was going to take me. And someone said, well, maybe you have to go use both, both sets of notes. I'm going to try not to do that because I really wanted to have a short sermon. But they're like, Liz, you've got to have a longer sermon. But I want to have a short, you guys know that I'm short, precise, and to the point. Short, precise, and to the point. Right, sister? That's right. She knows I'm sure precisely to the point. But um, bear with me. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. What happened? <laughs> Heavenly Father, let's pray. We just thank you and praise you and glorify you, my God, for this beautiful day that you've given us. Father, we thank you and we have been rejoicing and we are happy in it, my Lord God. Father, we thank you for the love and the grace and the mercy that you have for us. Yes. Father, today as the word comes forth, my Lord God, you know there's so much in the Holy Spirit. I, have, I ask that you take control and, and bring forth only what's needed. Uh, only what's needed and just bring it to, to remembrance, my Lord God, so that it flows so that people can understand what it is. It's here, but I need to get it out, my Lord God. Um, Father, have your way today, my Lord God. Father, this is your word. This is not my word. This is your word, Lord God. And I pray that, that it has the impact that you want it to have, Father. You want your people to know that you are a God that loves, that you are a God that restores, that you are a God, that, my God, that, that, that starts when you start. You finish what you start in us, my Lord God. And that is the purpose of today's message, to show that the, the, even though there's, there can be things that are messed up in our lives, my Lord God, when you take control, you can make beauty out of ashes. So, Father, I thank you for today. Have your way in this place and in your word and in this message. Amen. 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 You may be seated. All right. So, as we get closer to Resurrection Sunday, um, the, the person we're going to be focusing on today is Peter. Anyone, everyone familiar with Peter and what happened with him? He loved the Lord, and he was such a good friend of Jesus, and he walked with him for three years. But we know that he was very impulsive and impetuous, very impulsive and impetuous. And um, it got him into trouble many times, amen? And um, there was, there was an, and even though you, when you read it in, in the scripture, you can see that he and John had a little rivalry going on because they were the favorites of Jesus. But John said that he was the one that was loved by Jesus. But there was a rivalry between the two of them. Amen? So our story begins. Um, the crucifixion has taken place. Amen? Um, Jesus was, you know, he was buried. And now we see, we come to that Sunday morning when Mary comes to the tomb and she, to prepare him and, and just to be there. But she realizes that the tomb is open. There's a, the stone is not on the, on, the, on, on the tomb. So she says, oh my gosh. So she ran 
to let who? John and Peter know. The two rivals. John and Peter know. They, he, he's not there. They've taken him. They've taken They've laid him somewhere. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. So we see that they both come running. But of course, John outran Peter. And he made a point to, to note that in his, in his, in his word. And in the book of John, he makes sure to write that he got there first. <laughs> he got there first. Amen. So, um, but as impetuous as Peter was, what did he do? John didn't go in the tomb, but Peter ran into the tomb. And what he saw on, on the slab were the, the, uh, the linens that had covered his body, and then on a separate folded up was a face covering. John knew immediately, immediately knew that this is what Jesus has spoken about. And that what he said would come to pass had happened. But Peter still didn't get it. He hadn't gotten the revelation about it. And neither did Mary. So they ended up going to their individual homes. They went to their homes. Um, you know, they just lost their best friend. Amen? They lost their best friend. And they're here, they're, they feel lost they were hoping that they would have victory over their oppressors, which were the Romans Empire. They felt that Jesus was the one that's going to bring them into that, that place of, you know, of strength. You know, and that's not what happened. He was crucified. We know, because we have the word, why that was, but they didn't understand. They didn't understand. So they went to their respective ways. But then we see here that Mary, and I'm going to give you this, baby. I'm sorry. I'm going to take my notes. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So they returned to their homes, but Mary remained outside the tomb. But she happened to peer inside. When she peered inside, she was weeping. But when she peered, she saw two angels, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, why are you crying? Woman, why are you crying? And she responded in John 20, 13b, we said, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have put him. When she has said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, yet she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Thinking that he was a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for because she had grabbed you into his feet. She said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. Mary did not find, you know, find Jesus a lifeless body. Instead, she found Jesus. Jesus. Face to face. Amen? And his resurrection filled her with so much hope. Where there had been that sadness, she was filled now with hope. Amen? And that changed everything. Following her encounter with Christ, um, there were others who saw um, Jesus as well. And today we're going to discover that the love of Jesus can restore our hope 
even when we're having tremendous difficulties in our lives. So today is a day, uh, a sermon of hope, but I'm going to put a little piece in there where we have to check ourselves, because we always have to check ourselves as children of God to make sure that we're going right. Amen? All right, hallelujah. One of the greatest challenges for us, okay, that we experience today is how to handle relationships. And basically I'm thinking about forgiveness, okay? How to apologize and how to forgive. That's the hardest thing for us to do. And yet it's the most important thing to God. Forgiveness is so important to God because if you don't forgive, he cannot, he can't do a thing. He can't do anything. Forgiveness has to, has to take place in order for God to heal you, restore you, and do in your life what it is that he, he, he wants to do. Okay? But, so, we, we experience brokenness in relationships and marriages. Husband and wives, parents and children, and between friends, and it can rob us of the hope, okay, of what that relationship should be, okay? So the story of Jesus' resurrection speaks to the challenges in life as well. Um, as Jesus was being arrested, we see that, um, you know, when he went to crucifixion, almost all of his friends, there were some that were still with him, but almost all of his friends, out of fear, ran away. I probably would have run away too, in all honesty. Amen? But maybe not. I'm a, you know, <laughs> feisty. I don't know. <laughs> so, we'll, you know, I don't know. My, hus my husband knows me. <laughs> um, but they ran because they really feared for their lives, okay? But we're told that one disciple, um, Peter, betrayed the Lord. And he denied him and who, you know, denied knowing him and who he was. And just a few hours, I'm sorry, something happened to the speaker? Huh? No, it's here. I have my notes right here. So what happened was that a few hours earlier, Peter, um, at, the, at the Lord's Supper, he had been boasting. Okay? And how he was truly, he really was boasting in himself. And how, you know, all the other ones, you know, all the other, they're nothing, you know, but me, I'm going to stand firm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand firm with you and I will give my life for you. But he didn't know something that Jesus knew and this is what Jesus said to him. And this version now is from Luke 22, 31. He said to him, um, Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? This is in John. And then he says, truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster shall, shall not crow until you deny me three times. What he had told uh, Peter, um, we find the, this account in Luke, is that um, while they were having their, their, their Lord's Supper, that their last supper rather, Jesus tells him, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for your faith. But I want to complete that last piece because that last piece of, the, of the, that verse is very important. And it's going to take us into why this message today is so important. So I'm going to read it again from um, Luke 22, 31. Sorry. Again, guys, you know, I'm, I'm just mixing up my notes here, so bear with me. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mash them in together <laughs> as the Lord leads. Amen. 
Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, um, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you, but I have prayed, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when you once have turned again, strengthen your brother. So Jesus knew that he was going to fall. And then he goes on to tell him, that, then in this version he tells him again, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Okay? You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Okay? And we see as we go on to read in John 18, um, we see 18, 15 through 70, we see that it happens just as Jesus um, said it would. Three times, three times, Peter denied Christ. Denied knowing him. And we see that encounter in John 18, 15 through 17, and again in 25 through 10. 27. He denied, when he was when he denied his connection to Jesus. And with each denial, what happened was that he actually um, distanced himself further from God, from Christ. Okay? Okay? So, um, and this is someone who had been with Jesus, like I said, for three years, had walked with him, was his friend, and ministered alongside him. Our lives can be either confirmation or a denial of our connection to Jesus. Our lives can be a connection or denial, uh, a confirmation rather, or denial of our connection to Jesus. This morning in this room, I'm just going to say it, I'm sure that there are people here, many of us here, who can look back, even last week, a month, a year ago, and we can point to the hurtful words, thoughts, or actions that, that, that we did that hurt someone, but not just hurt someone, they hurt God. Amen? We break trust and we speak harshly to one another, um, and we hold hate in our hearts. But you know what? Sometimes the most Unfortunately, the most unloving and difficult people are right in the church. Okay? Right in the church. Right in the church. Um, you know, we're supposed to be perfected. God is supposed to be perfecting us, changing us. Um, and, you know, and we, we go, we, we submit. As we submit, God perfects us. So the excuse that that's me I'm sorry, it doesn't fly in a child of God. It doesn't fly in a child of God. You are deluding yourself, okay? Deluding yourself if you think that, because we are supposed to be changed. Daily, we have to submit to God, submit to him, plead the blood of Jesus over us, okay? Plead the blood of Jesus over because we are not perfect. While in the this flesh, we're going to be sinning, Amen? But we have to submit to him to be changed. But that excuse of, that's just me, sorry, it's, no, not to God, not to God. There's a, um, there's a speaker by the name of Brennan Manning who said the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny, deny him by their lifestyle. 
This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. The other one was, and I just, it wasn't in my notes, but Mahatma Gandhi, remember he was Mahatma Gandhi? Um, he was a pacifist, Indian pacifist. He was a lawyer by, by trade. But this is what he said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. I believe in the teachings of Christ, but you on the other side of the world do not. I read the Bible faithfully and see little Christendom that those who profess faith pretend to see. Their prosperity is far more essential to them than the life, liberty, and happiness of others. What, what, what is our mission? Everything that he spoke about, not for us, but for others. So he's speaking, you know, he's speaking about us here in the, in the, in the you know, in the West, and um, that that describes us to a T. Amen. I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm just speaking truth. Amen. So we have to ask ourselves, uh, what do our lives say about our connections to Jesus? Okay, what do our lives say? Maybe today you realize you think about it, and as you as you think about it, you say, "Man, I le really left a mess behind me." You know. Um, broken relationships, you're, you're without hope, and you don't think you could change. But the good news is that um, Peter's story does not end with his denial. Our story does not have to end that way either. Okay? Many of the, the men who Jesus invited to work with him were fishermen. Okay? Um, and they left their nets, they left everything behind to follow Jesus. Okay? He made them, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They left their, their trade and he, they, they went forward. He would lead them into restoring the world to the way God first intended. Um, following Jesus, uh, Peter's denial, we see that what happens, you know, after Jesus resurrected, um, he actually told him, go ahead to, to Galilee, I'm going to meet you there. I'm gonna, uh, that's where I'm going to meet you in Galilee. So the, the, the apostles, they were in Galilee, okay? But what did they do? They went fishing. They went fishing. And there's nothing wrong with fishing. Amen? There's nothing wrong with fishing. But I'm making a point. Why did they do that? So this is not my psychology coming in, and I'm going to tell you why. It's no doubt that they were shaken with all they had recently witnessed. Their Lord had risen from the dead and had appeared to them in a locked room where he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. It was easy to see how they would be overwhelmed, experiencing fear and confusion as well as hope and gladness. If we say that we don't have fear and confusion, we don't experience it, we're lying to ourselves. Because we do experience it, but what, what happens is with the Spirit of God, we can bring that into submission. Amen? In times of crisis or loss or fear or uncertainty, we often find ourselves grasping for things that are familiar. So what we do, we do, we revert back to the things that we're familiar with. We cling to the, those familiar patterns. So in therapy, we know that when someone goes through something, they're going to revert back. Like when someone is in an abusive relationship, um, though they know it's no good, they'll go right back because that's where they feel safer, even though they know it's not really safe. Amen? We cling to those re routines until 
our mind catches up with our heart. And then we can regain that balance again. Okay? But balance can be regained. So they decided to go back to what they had always done, which was fishing. Not only would that fishing trip um, have been somber because, you know, they lost, you know, even though G they knew Jesus had risen, he had already um, presented himself. He had come into their midst twice already. But it wasn't like they had him, Jesus, here with me. Jesus is here with me. It wasn't that. So they felt the loss. There was also a lot of guilt because of what they did. They, 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 they abandoned him. Amen? So there, was, there were a lot of emotion, a lot of things going on there. So we go on and we read in, so now this is the chapter that we're going to be using for the lesson, and it's chapter 21 of John, okay? Chapter 21 of John. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And after these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Tiberias is the Sea of Galilee. It's just another name for the Sea of Galilee. Okay? Um, and he manifested himself, manifested himself in that, this way. Um, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee. Okay? James and John, the two brothers. And two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out, got into the boat, and that night, uh, or they were there the whole night, and they caught absolutely nothing. They labored the entire night, and they catch, they caught nothing. Amen? Then when we go on to verse 4, and when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Okay. When he was walking on the road to Emmaus, um, he, it says that he didn't allow them to see who he really was. So I think Jesus was not allowing them to see who he really was, who he was. But we know once he was in the presence, the presence, the things that he did, then they were able to realize that this is, this is the Lord. Okay. But anyhow, he says, but when the day uh, was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus therefore said to them, Children, do you have any fish? You don't, uh, you don't have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net to the other side of the boat, and you will find a catch. They cast, therefore, and then they were not able to haul it in because the, the number of fish was so great. Okay. To the disciples' surprise, Jesus shows up, shows up on the shores of the lake where they were fishing. Again, they didn't recognize him. And um, the beautiful thing about this is that the one that, that, that um, initiated for the restored relationship was Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Children, come. So he said to them this way. And the disciple, therefore, whom Jesus loved, we know who that was, who was the disciple that Jesus loved? John, remember the rivalry? Said to Peter, it is the Lord. How did he know that it was the Lord? Because they had seen this before. Luke 5, 4 through 11 tells us that's when they were first called. 
they also had had a night where they had not caught any fish. And Jesus, and Jesus said to them, Jesus actually got on the boat um, to speak to a crowd that had uh, uh, you know, congregated on, 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 the, on the lake, the lakeside. So he, got, he just got into you know, Simon's boat and he just got in the boat and they went out so that he could speak to the crowd. So once he wasn't speaking, um, then he, real, you know, he said to Jew, catch any fish? No, we were out all night, there's no fish. They were actually cleaning their nets when Jesus got onto the boat. So Jesus said, let's go out and throw out your net again. And when they did, they caught the fish that they had to come and help him um, get the fish. You know, and then that's when they, uh, they were called to be fishers of men. Jesus called them to work with them. So the reason that John, remember John is the one that already acknowledged at the tomb that Jesus had already risen from the dead. So he also, he says, he says that that's, our, that's, that's the Lord. So what did Peter do? Impetuous, impulsive Peter jumped, girded up his, 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 uh, his tunic and he jumped and he went to, to, the, um, to the shore. Okay, why do you think he reacted so drastically? A lot of the commentaries say that he had already met Jesus prior to this, that they had already an interaction with one another. Amen. So um, the guilt that he must have been feeling must have been absolutely tremendous, but he still wasn't right. There was still something missing. Okay, there was something missing. So um, he, I, I really believe that he, you know, it, it built up hope in him, hope for restoration, for restoration. Now, he had a calling on his life. Peter had a calling on his life. He had a calling on his life. And at the end, well, we already know what it is that he did, but I'm going to share with you what it is that he did. Okay? Peter is filled with hope that his relationship with Jesus can be restored. And some of us here, though, don't feel that we can have the same thing. that we've made too many mistakes, amen, to be forgiven by, by God. And we've lost hope that God could ever love us. This morning I wanna tell you that your savior, our savior has come to the shoreline of your life and is offering you grace, amen. amen. The miracle of this um, upcoming Easter season reveals that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all our broken relationships can be restored. All our mistakes and shortcomings can be covered up by God's grace. It is more than enough to fill us with hope once again. It is sufficient. Amen? Amen? It is sufficient. It's when we recognize that um, Jesus has pursued us and called us out... Um, that we are prompted to respond, to give him our lives. And remember, he draws us to him first. We have to respond. So we see that as Peter arrives at the shore, there's already a burning, a, a fire burning, and Jesus is cooking fish and bread. How did it get there? Let there be. Let there be. Amen? Amen. Let there be. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he welcomes the man that had just recently denied him. 
he, he welcomes him to the table. Amen? So then we go on to 21 uh, verses 15 through 19. So um, after they finished eating along the shore, Jesus began a conversation with Peter that was, it had to have been really uncomfortable for him. Okay? Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And of course, we know that it's no doubt because of what had happened that he had, um, Peter, his, all his actions had indicated prior to that, that he didn't love Jesus. Back in the Gospel of uh, Matthew, chapter 22, we're told that a lawyer came to Jesus to ask him a question. He said, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So he is actually there. Um, he is talking to us about Deuteronomy, where that actually comes from. Okay, Deuteronomy. And I'm sorry, but I didn't write it here. But I think it's 6 and 9 or 9, 6, let me, sorry. Deuteronomy. Because it's near, it's near the, the uh, yes. 6-5, six, five. Six, five, okay. Thank you. And you shall, 6-5, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. And then a few chapters prior to this, we see that we had the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have what? No other God before me. Okay? God wants you to love him, your love for him rather, to excel all the other loves in your life. God wants your love for him to excel all the other loves in your life. Now when he, um, and I just want to tell you that there, in the Greek there are different um, words to represent love, but I'm going to give you just four. Eros, which is essential or romantic love. Philia or phileo, which is a brotherly love, our, our love, that unites, let's say, believers and friends. There's storge, which is a love for family. It's a family, a parent to a child, brothers, you know, brothers and sisters. And then there's agape, which is God's love for mankind. Okay? Um, when Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 6, 9, um, when he translates the word ahab into Greek, it's agapeo. Ahab is agapeo or agape. That is a love on a spiritual level. That is a God, God kind of love. That, that is a, a sacrificial, um, self-sacrificing love. Okay, that's the love God has for us. When Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me? He asked him that three times. The first time was, do you love me more than these? The Bible doesn't tell us who the these were. Whether these, his boat, the fish that he just caught, was it the, the disciples that were there around him? It doesn't specify what it is. Amen? But I want to just talk a little bit about, I'm, I'm going to go into the other notes. How much time do I have? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I, I'll stick to what I'm doing. <laughs> when Jesus asked Peter if he loves him, he's asking, do you love, do you agape me? Do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you love me more than these? When God gave the Decalogue or, or the, Ten the Ten Commandments to Moses, the first commandment was, thou shalt have no other God before me. By putting together these two passages, thou shalt, not, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind, we would not do it any injustice by putting it together with this, okay? Um, basically, it's, you are to have no other loves <laughs> that are above or exceed your love for God. Our God is a jealous God, okay? He wants your love for him to exceed all the other loves in your life. Everything else in your life must take a subservient place to your love for God. So I had a whole other thing about that, that part of love because um, it could be your job. That other thing could be a job. It could be a relationship. Um, it could be sports. There's nothing wrong with sports, guys. But it could be anything that takes, that vies your, your love for God, God is against that. It's an idol. It's an idol before God. Okay? I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> but all of this, what I just spoke about, about how God is a jealous God and how um, we're, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul and our mind, and, and we're not, you know, it makes the question to Peter even more relevant. Jesus asked Peter in verse 15, 21, 15, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, he said to him. He said, feed my lambs, tend to my flock. Basically, lambs, you know, lambs are very fragile. Um, they can run away, um, they get lost, they're easily swayed, you have to really protect them. And what are we to, to God? The sheep, amen? So the lambs are the most vulnerable. He said, feed my lambs. Ten, ten those in my flock that are prone to straying away and get lost. They are weak and need protection. He said to him a second time, Simon, John of God, uh, John, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, he said to him. Then he said, tend my sheep. Now, I want to tell you that the, remember we're supposed to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, okay, strength, every, with everything that we have. But the love that he was talking to Jesus about in these two first, uh, first quotes, uh, when he said, yes, I love you, Lord, was the phileo, the friend kind of love. Pasamingo. Because if, if, If Pastor Michelle, when you were dating, had said to you when you were dating, you know, I like you. You said, I, you told her I love you. But she comes back to you, oh, you, you know, I'm fond of you, I like you. How would you have taken that? Exactly. <laughs> there, there would not be relationships. So what he was telling God, I like you like that. I'm fond of you. It's not the agape. God is looking for an all-encompassing love. But he said, God, I, I'm found, you know, I, I love you. I'm fond of you. So what did God, Jesus do? He said to him the third time, Simon, son, son of John, do you phileo me? Are you fond of me? And Peter was grieved 
because he said to him a third time, do you love me? What Jesus did there was he showed his love, his grace, and his mercy because he went from where he was, he met Peter where he was. From where he was, to and God will meet us people where we are at. Where we are at. George, where are you? Oh, he had to leave. Okay. Hermana Carmen, usted ama a Dios con todo su corazón. Amén. Amén. Brother Tito, do you love the Lord? Amen. Adam, Brother Adam, do you love the Lord? Amen. Judith, do you love the Lord? Brother Mark, do you love the Lord? Brother Samuel, Travis, Rodriguez, do you love the Lord? Amen. Happy to see you here, my brother. came down to meet him where he was. To meet him where he was. Peter's denial was met by Jesus' perfect restoration. It's one, one of the most beautiful things we see in scripture. See, Peter had a purpose. He had a people to lead. He was gonna be the head of this, this group of disciples. He was gonna be their leader for time. To, to, the, to the Christians in Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, there was a message that had to go out where 3,000 people were going to be saved. God had a plan for him. He had to restore him so that that would get done. He restored him. Amen. Jesus asks this question three times, and Peter responds all three times. With each question, Jesus is resurrecting hope in Peter that their relationship can be restored. Each one of the three questions is a reversal of the three denials from the previous chapters. Amen? In conclusion, love for Jesus is proven by a life for Jesus. Love for Jesus is proven by a life for Jesus. Our life for him. Okay? The risen Jesus made sure that Peter didn't have to live with these last words of denial. The risen Jesus allowed Peter to redeem himself. Peter responds to each invitation from Jesus to restore the relationship by answering as honestly as he can about his love. Jesus loved sacrificially in agape, but the best Peter could do uh, uh, was loved conditionally in phileo. But Jesus still accepted him at that level. God accepts you at the level that you're at. That's our God. That's our God. He meets us where we're at. There's nothing you need to perfect. You just have to accept. Amen? At the end of this conversation with Peter, Jesus' invitation ends with a call to action. 
He says, feed my sheep. Jesus is giving Peter, Peter the opportunity to demonstrate his love for Jesus by serving others. Now, he did it in a public because all the disciples were there. He was reinstating his, his, his ministry. His ministry. Okay? Because again, he was going to be a leader to these disciples. It was, there's a work that he was going to be do. There would be other leaders coming in the future, but he was in charge right there. And God said, you need to, you, you need to feed, you need to lead, you need to shepherd my sheep. These are my people and your responsibility, it's your job, I'm giving it to you to keep my people safe, to guide and direct them, to teach them, to grow them up. And we see that it happened because then we, we also have First and Second Peter. He, he, <laughs> let me tell you. Wow, Jesus said to him at the end. To follow him. He said, follow me. But uh, he told him in the manner what that would cost him. It costs to serve God. It costs to serve God. Okay? We know that, that Peter did tremendous, tremendous work. It was tre tremendous work um, with the people, okay, that the, the, the Lord had placed into his hand. Um, and he did it to the death. We know that, um, and Jesus, I'm going to have to read that verse for you as well. Okay. He says to him this way, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. With this, he was signifying what type of death Peter was going to have. Peter was crucified like Jesus, but he said, no, I don't want to be crucified like my Lord. So he was crucified with the cross upside down. He was martyred as well. But again, we have, his, we have his writings. We see the transformation in his life. We see it in, in first and second Peter. Okay? The first, the first Peter had to do with, um, you know, ministering to a church that was persecuted. That was in the first, first, first Peter deals with that. The second Peter deals with the false prophets, the false teachings that were going on. And he's trying to teach them, look, I want you to walk. And we're going to do that now, guys, that are taking my class. We're going to be going into all of this in the, in the weeks to come. But he, he did a tremendous, tremendous work for God. Okay? He said, follow me. And this is an important truth for us to see every morning. Every one of us is invited to follow Jesus initially. We are invited to trust him with our lives and become his followers. But even when we fail to remain faithful, he's still gentle with us. Our failures, I'm telling you, do not deter him from his love for you. Okay? The invitation remains the same, to follow him once again. So this morning, my question is, is to you, is, as I've asked, do you love, not me, do you love 
He's asking you, God is saying, do you love me? Do you love me? If the answer is yes, then we must live like it in how we love others and we serve the world. What we have is not for us, it's to serve. Amen? Amen. It's to serve. If the answer is no, through confession of sin and honest repentance like what he did, he truly repented. He became a repentant man. He, he was not the same... Uh, impetuous person that he was he had been humbled and what we see we see that he was humbled lord you know me you see my heart it's basically saying you see my heart you you know you know all that's there and he was totally honest so god sometimes asks sometimes we want to put a front but we cannot put a front before god he sees everything so when you come to him you have to be honest with him with him Amen? He sees it all. So, you know, he, he says, just, just bear. I already know, but bear, you know, just come to me how you are. Bear yourself to me. So, so it just, you know, you have to repent. If that's not you, you know, you really, um, we need to ask, allow the grace of God to wash over. So I want you all to just close your eyes, please. Close your eyes. Oh, Father, we're so imperfect, my God. Father, we thank you for the love and the grace you have for us. Those of you that are having a difficult time with this, if you don't know this, please raise your hand. If you're having a difficult time with what I just spoke about. So, Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy for us. Father, we know that we have not loved you half as much as you have loved us. But we thank you that you meet us right where we're at. Help us to serve you, my God. Strengthen us to serve you. Strengthen our walk with you. We're going to trust your word that says that the work that you complete, that you've started rather, you will complete. We submit ourselves to you today. I want you to say that I submit myself to you today. Do a work in me, God. Change me. Heal me. Direct me. Cover me. Be with me. empower me to live the way that your grace that, that demonstrates your grace in my life father we thank you for what you're doing in your people father you know the hearts of every single person here and uh, father you know their inner beings my lord god you, you know the the secret recesses of their heart but you tell them today let me in let me into your home. Let me make a home with you. Let me come in and clear away those cobwebs, those things that are hidden, those things that are holding you back, because I want to make you whole. I want to make you complete. 
So, so Father, we, we ask that, that in our quiet time, Father, whatever is there, Father, that you reveal those things that are hidden inside our hearts, my mm -hmm. Lord God, so they can be pulled out. We can give them to you. And in that place, my Lord God, you can put your love. You can put your love and it can begin to bear fruit, my Lord God, and much fruit as you prune that thing in there, my Lord God. But we give you access to our hearts, my Lord God. Every single recess of our heart my god take over come and live in me my lord live in us my lord god live in our hearts my lord god change those things that need to be changed we give you full access my god to come and do your work in us and we give you all the glory honor and praise for what you're doing father thank you for your love for your people your grace we thank you for your son who made this possible for us we just submit to you my lord god we thank you for your son and we seal this completely completely in the name of jesus amen and amen amen hallelujah we can stand we can rise Father, we've had a full day today in your presence, and we thank you so much. Father, I pray that this word that was preached today, my Lord God, um, impacts your people, my Lord God, but not that it be something, you know, it's a good, Father, that it change, that it create change in us, my Lord God. Father, we want to be perfected in you. We want to be perfected in you. We thank you for the work that you've done. Father, I pray that you uh, come, continue to cover your people. Um, I pray, my God, for those that are online. Um, Father, we thank you for them, my Lord God, and that they are able to receive the word. My Lord God, bless bless um, both areas, my God, online and here in, 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 in your sanctuary, my Lord God. Bless your people. Keep them safe. Uh, I pray for a wonderful week for each and every one of us, my Lord God. And as the song says, I don't want to be just a Sunday. Uh, you don't want to be a Sunday kind of God. I want you. I want to be with you Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven days, 24-7, my Lord God. We want you in our lives, my Lord God. Because without you, we can't do absolutely anything, my Lord God. Your word is clear that without you, we can't do a thing. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. And we dismiss from this service today and we give you all the glory honor and praise amen amen hallelujah it's over <laughs>